Hello and welcome to Keep Screaming 101. I'm Brennan Klein. Uh, Who are you? Um, yeah, we're here joining Brennan. My name is Ryan Larson, and this is my uh, not not my co-host of this podcast. Obviously, it's not my podcast, but my co-host B, uh, and we have our own podcast called uh, Keep Screaming. Did you we, forget the name of it? I always do. <laughs> We are posting this uh, episode in both feeds, so I'll explain who I am and you explain who you are. Um, I'm the co-host of Scream 101, which is a horror movie review podcast where me and my co-host Sergio, who does not know as much about horror as I do, which is, there's a lot of people who don't, but um, we review horror movies and you guys just joined our network and I'm so excited. And what's your podcast about? Ryan, do you remember? What our podcast is about? Yeah. Yeah, our podcast yes. is about um, B and I are reviewing, dissecting slasher movies one by one. That's it. Two yeah. best friends dissecting slasher movies one by one. And we are both um, very heavily into horror movies. So um, we do not have that di- di- the dynamic of one person not knowing so much about horror as the other. We both just us nerding out over yes, it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Specifically just... slasher films. Yes. Yeah, and that's great. And that's actually why we're here and why Sergio is not here, because we're going to be talking about our top five horror movies of 2017. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining. This is our first crossover thing, and I hope the first of many. <laughs> yes, we're yes. excited. Somebody um, to talk to besides Ryan. Oh, yeah, and thank it's you. So You're welcome. It, and it's so nice to actually talk to B for the first time because I've listened to you, but we've never actually like interacted before online or whatever. And here we are. I know. Uh, why don't we just jump jump into it? Because I know Ryan has to go to work at some point. Like yeah, a loser. I got I to go make coffee. <laughs> I got to go make bean water for people. That's mm. fun. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it pays the bills. And it's making coffee, so it's not bad. Yeah, it, it, it could, could be worse. worse. It could be much worse. You're working okay. on a Saturday, which is lame. Yeah, well. Well, well, I have to work on New Year's Eve, so kind of uh, sucks. I have New Year's like... Day. I'm taking a staycation, actually, after New Year's Day to try to watch a bunch of uh, quote-unquote Oscar movies. So, mm. Oh, nice. So you haven't caught up with any of those yet? He has. I've caught up with a lot, but I still need... I fell asleep watching one of them last night. I can't remember. I don't know. There's so many. But yeah, i got to catch up still. No, I've been trying to do that, too, but it's exhausting because... I don't know, the Oscar movies are the boring ones. <laughs> they can be, yeah. I mean, uh, there's also, like, some weird prerequisite that every Oscar movie has to be, like, three and a half hours long, so that's upsetting. Oh, yeah. Annoying. Yeah. Uh, who anyway, wants to kick yeah, off? Let's do our you? Thing. It's your, it's yeah, your show, it. so you okay. to kick off. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to start at the bottom of our top five list and go up and kind of go around the horn. I will start my number five movie of the year. is actually a movie that I think got released somewhere not in America last year, but it is The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh. Have you guys seen this? I have. B and I, actually, right before we started recording with you, she said she meant to watch it last night and didn't get around to it. Uh, I have seen it, though. I watched it earlier this year, I think, on Amazon. No, I decided not to watch it because I want to read the book. Oh, that makes sense. I have not read the book, so I I don't know. Take my recommendation with a grain of salt, I guess. (laughs) Um, But I don't know. Fast zombies always get me. Like, uh, you Mm -hmm. know... Wreck is my favorite movie ever, and like the Twenty Eight Days, the weeks later situation, and this is basically a movie version of The Last of Us with Glenn Close, and I'm like, all right, this is fun. Sounds good. Yeah, um, I didn't love it, uh, but <laughs> I, I get that. I'm just not a zombie person. Like, um, 
I thought it was very, very well made. I thought the actress, um, I don't know her name, who plays the titular character, was fantastic. And I thought Glenn Close was very good. Um, and isn't Rose Byrne in that movie, too? Uh, no, that's uh, Gemma Arterton. Oh, Gemma Arterton, yeah. So Rose I... Byrne and Glenn Close have dam- the TV show together. Oh, right, that's yeah, they were on Wait, Damages. What? Yeah, yeah, they were on Damages. Um, but Gemma Arterton, I thought she was good. Um, I thought it was a well-made movie. I'm just not a huge like a zombie movie kind of has to blow me out of the water to like fatigue yeah i really do yeah so i think that like if i went in maybe maybe if i watched it like three years when walking dead is over and dead and buried and i don't have to hear about zombies every week then i could be like wow this is a really good movie especially i am a fan of the last of us and i recognized Mm -hmm. those similarities but i just it it was very good it just couldn't crack into my top no, I feel that because it is, it's not middle of the road, but it's middle of the high road. Like, it's just kind of, it's fun, but it's not like, it's not going to destroy your notion of what a zombie movie is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was really interesting and kind of a Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome-esque with like a new generation of people. Hmm. Um, and that girl you're talking about is Senia Nanua. She was really good, yeah. Yes, she was she was fantastic. And I always think it's interesting when a horror movie makes a child the main character of the movie because I think it's a lot harder to do. So um, props props to the director on that one. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about it too much. Let's like move on to ones that other people have seen. So, uh, B, do you want to start with your number five? Um, my number five is Get Out. Oh, that's what? your number five? Someone oh, yeah. Ooh, out? controversy. Wow. Uh, that's, well, that is my number two. That's my number three. Yeah. Uh, it's five for me because this list is really my favorite. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved Get Out. I really, really did. And I especially loved the original cut, the, the, the old ending before they changed it. Uh, super loved it. Thought it was amazing. But it's not one that I'm going to, like, return to a bunch and I guess that's I, why it made the list lower. Like, I'm definitely seeing myself rewatching it. But I don't know. There's just something about it that it just didn't. And when you see my titles for my higher ones, you'll kind of see why it wasn't a little okay. bit higher. I actually totally get that. Like, in a better year for horror, for me personally, Get Out would have been a little lower. Um, because I really, really enjoyed it. And I love horror movies with social commentary. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, it, it was funny, and it was spooky, and I love um, Betty Gabriel and Lakeith Stanfield, who played two of the, like, more minor characters. Um, but it it didn't grab me as much as I wanted to. Like, I was going in ready for a 9 or 10 out of 10, and I got, like, an 8 out of 10 for me. Um, so it was really, really good, but not, like, the best for me. I mean, I think it was beautifully directed. The, I mean... Wow. Like, just looking at that film and so tense, the acting was spectacular, specifically the scene, which I think people who haven't even seen the movie will recognize where, uh, like, the therapy scene where he's Mm. sitting. I mean, that was just one of the most incredible scenes of the year, I think, I saw in general. And I feel like I have the opposite. Like, this year was so good to me and so catered to my horror taste that if this was last year... I think this would have been like one or two for me, but because okay. there's so there were so many other movies that I absolutely adored and loved and catered specifically to my tastes, that this Get Out wouldn't make that. Is it 
Do I think it's probably the best movie as in like film-wise? Like this isn't a spectacular movie. Probably beats out everything else on my list as being like this was the best filmed, best acted. Um, Uh But as far as favorites, that's why it's five. No, I totally get it. But uh, Ryan, you had it highest. What's your What's your take on it? Um, I mean, so yeah, I had it at two. I think it's because uh, I definitely went in with somewhat high expectations, but they were they were like tabled because I like Key and Peele had always been hit and miss for me, and I did not like Keanu at all. So when I saw that Jordan Peele was making this movie, and like I saw the trailer, and obviously, like the trailer appealed to me and I was I thought it looked good but I went in kind of so I had like this mix of high and low expectations because I didn't know what to expect and the fact that it came off as like um the best sort of Twilight Zone episode and to me it Mm -hmm. has some of the strongest social commentary in a movie since Night of the Living Dead um because it's like I, I enjoy social commentary in horror movies too and I think that it happens frequently but it's not like, a lot of the times you have to go digging for it, um, and that's fine, too. I like that. Like, I, I like when things, like, you know, to be controversial, I did not like the movie Mother because I thought it was very heavy-handed and ham-fisted with, like, its social commentary, and I think there's, like, a fine line, and I think Peel found it. Um, like, he knew exactly how to toe that line without um, losing the, like, sensibilities of the movie while still keeping people captivated. Uh, one of the things that fascinated about me, like fascinated me about the movie, was I left the theater and people, like groups of people, were standing around talking about the movie. And more importantly, and I know like the sense, like anyone who doesn't know what I'm a white dude, like I'm I'm a 30 year old like average like middle class white guy, and the fact that there were a bunch of like white people talking about the movie and like seeing the things that he was trying to portray and talking about it was so impactful um so i think definitely seeing it in the theater and then seeing those like things happen afterwards really affected me too uh but also just thought it was fantastically acted um as a debut like feature film from someone it's incredible like i don't like it's like to me it's almost like spielberg level of like kind of hit you in the face with like whoa like this is what you can bring to the table um and then I, i love the music michael abels does the music daniel kalua uh, Kaluuya, uh, Allison Williams, uh, Caleb Landry Jones, who I've always enjoyed, mm-hmm. was specifically really unnerving in this movie. Yeah, there was just so much that I really thought was um, uh, just a notch above everything else. Well, and I mean, I definitely agree with you. Like I said, when I talk about maybe the best movies of the year, as in like caliber wise, mm-hmm. the what this brought to and like screw all the people saying it's not a horror movie. It is. I mean, you don't get that third act in this film. Without calling, I mean that's truly what made it from go from being a thriller to a horror film mm-hmm. is the third act. Which, congratulations, that's a lot of horror movies. They build to that finale, but the social commentary, the way it made people talk, the the quality level that it brought to horror in general, and how it made so many people who typically dismiss the genre as like, oh, it's just people stabbing people. You know, it made them go like, oh, no, like horror movies can say something. So just that in general makes Get Out such a fantastic film because Mm -hmm. of the commentary, both socially because of what it is about, but also the fact that it is a horror movie and it got people to into the genre and gave them a title that they can, you know, maybe respect for whatever reason. Right. 
Yeah, and, and there's no denying that it has already become part of the zeitgeist. Like, mm-hmm. the most recent episode of SNL made a joke about the sunken place that in no way yeah. actually referenced Get Out by title. Like, pe- they assumed people would know, and yeah. they did. Right. Yeah, and, I, I, like, I, I'm with B. Like, to me, this list was not – because if it was best not – like, I, I'm taking it as a favorites, too, because if it was best yeah, yeah, not absolutely. favorites, um, Get Out would be number one because I think it is the best-made horror movie of the year. Um, but it still landed at number two. And part of it too was because I could see, like, I, I like lasting effect in movies. Um, and that's, I, I, when I watched it, I just, I realized like watching it and I watched, I've watched it twice since. And I've just realized in 50 years, people will still be talking about this movie. Um, and that's something that, you know, like, I mean, as, as hardcore horror fans, as we all are, like there's obviously like we are still going to be the ones talking about you know the obscure you know like in 50 years chopping mall is not really going to be a hot topic of conversation but we'll still be advocating it yeah (laughs) but but i think like this is a movie like this is literally a movie that will be taught in film class yeah for various reasons right yeah and it does deserve it i just like i don't know no i'm with you obviously it was five for me yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um but like as horror people they're like the big zeitgeisty hits that appeal to everyone usually were the ones that are like on the fringes of society with different opinions. And I think mm-hmm. that's the case here as well. Yep. All right, Ryan, so, uh, five for you. Oh yeah. I got to do my number five. Yeah. Let's talk about get out so much. Uh, my number five is happy death day. So really? uh, yes. Happy death day. Okay. Uh, from Blumhouse directed by Christopher Landon, written by Scott Lobdell, who is a comic book writer um once the name popped up at the end i was like i know that guy um i i'm a huge slasher fan as anyone who knows me knows or listens to our podcast or anything um wait what you like slasher movies (laughs) Uh, just a little bit they're they're okay um they're better than zombie movies and uh it i so in like b said in another year this might be higher on my list because i thought it was so fun um and i really there was so much I liked about it. I, I It was a true, like, true blue slasher. Like, to me, it had all the, like, classic slasher tropes. Uh, it did, but what it did even better than a lot of slashers is it took a main character and it gave her an arc. Um, she wasn't just a final girl. She, like, grew as a character. A lot of the times you get a final girl who starts as, like, the, like, the, um, like, the goody-goody. Like, she starts as a final girl. Yeah. Or... Our character in Happy Death Day did not. Right, she, she started she has as to grow the, as the yeah, girl. the bitchy best friend who dies. Right, yeah, that's how she started. That. Yeah, yes. and so her character arc was fantastic. Like seeing her grow and become that character that become she earns being the final girl, mm-hmm. um, which I think is great too. And I, I thought, like as goofy as the baby mask was, I thought it was a lot of fun. I love any sort of horror movie sl- set on a college campus. I don't know why I'm just a Absolutely. huge fan of that. Like yeah, that setting. Um, there was one really bad joke in it that mm-hmm. B and I talked about a lot that was super, uh, for lack of a better word, tone deaf, which sounds insensitive to say because the joke is about deaf people. Um, oh. It really took me out of the movie. Like, I just was like, whoa. Like, it was kind of like when you hear people still say, like, the R word. Like, I'm like, dude, it's 2017. How are we doing that still? And how did that make it through editing? But. Other than I, other yeah. than that, um, love the main character. I love the chemistry that she has with like her uh, on screen couple. Um, 
everything uh, like the Groundhog Day esque to it, but like it lifts Groundhog Day, but it's not an exact replica, which I really enjoyed. Um, it, it found that like fine line, um, which my favorite slashers have between humor and horror, um, which is why Scream is my favorite movie of all time, and um, I think it rode that pretty well too. Yeah, it's just uh, insanely. I mean, it's two for me, and. It's two for every reason that you just listed. And also because, I mean, it's the return of the slasher, which I have to advocate for like, and make that one of my favorites because, I mean, I just need it. I want it. I need it. And it was such a great entry back into that, and it just like makes me so excited. And... I think if this was, if we had a different, like, main actress, if the casting was different, I don't think it would have landed as well. But she was so incredibly likable, even when she was doing shitty things. And you, I just wanted her, I just wanted to watch what was going to happen to her. And I think this would have been, for me personally, like, number one amazing, one of my favorite slashers ever, if... That joke wasn't in there, and if it was rated R with like gorier kills, like that's just I think for a PG thirteen slasher, it gave us everything we needed. Uh, I did guess uh, the killer like twenty minutes in, and even when they took you on twists and turns, I'm like, nah, nah, I know who it is. Like I know that was, but I also watch a lot of slasher films, so I can't take that away from them because. One of my friends who was sitting next to me who likes horror movies was like, no. And I'm like, trust me, just wait. And then she's like, <laughs> you knew. And I'm like, yeah, I knew. But it didn't It didn't matter that I knew the ending because the ride to get there was still so much fun. So for that reason, I'm just – and I just see – I loved the mask. I was actually a little disappointed that there was no masks, like, out for Halloween. Like, I wanted – I want to see people in, like, the baby face, like – costume and i loved that it was the school mascot and it enabled the killer to be really anybody because of the fact that it was the school mascot it wasn't just this like random person walking around with a mask um, which you kind of get to see in like the later scream movies they like take advantage of that the fact that the ghost face masks like gets big but i don't know i just thought it was great and i'm like comes out in like two days can't wait oh, to yeah. be able to watch it yeah. yeah it's about to come out so well self-plug will be uh That's talking next about movie, it yeah. on our next episode yeah after, oh, after territory yeah. yeah um but, but I, I gotta say i'm disappointed in your performance because it is my number one movie of the i knew it would be well especially i mean yeah. i was like man he got to sit in a recording studio with christopher so like i that i know true. this is going to be high up on his list and i know you're a slasher fan so i knew it was going to be pretty high up there I know Ryan's a disappointing one at five over here. I know, you're crazy. I mean, also, I mean, maybe I'm just a little blinded by the fact that Christopher Landon is unspeakably handsome. Um, I was, you meant, what you're referencing is I was on the, uh, the episode of Shockwaves where we interviewed him. That was episode 69, appropriately. LGBT horror. But also, um, personally, the, the deaf joke that you're talking about, it is a problem but it's also in the mouth of a character you're supposed to hate and want to be destroyed um so but she like, never is which is a, yeah. a no no problem. no i know yeah like and that's no justification for that type of joke because 
Yeah, yeah. Like, like that, that is t- tone deaf, deaf to, to put it, it as you put it. it. But like the movie itself is aware that it is a bad joke, even though that doesn't justify the fact that they made it. Um, but that one, I don't know. Like I was able to ignore because there's nothing else in the movie like that. Mm-hmm. That's well, that's um, why it shocked me more was yeah, because it's so it like seemed out of place. Yeah, because there yeah, was no, nothing right. else, and that's why I was still able to put it at number well, five yeah, and be put it, it at, at high up because so much more of the movie was so fun and, and like not in that tone at all. And somebody pointed out to me because I was like finding it interesting that it didn't get brought up at all and I'm like how is nobody else like affected by this like my jaw literally dropped because I was like that did not just happen uh uh, the theater that I was in was pretty packed the entire like the entire theater erupted into laughter like Uh. that was like a funny joke and I was like that wasn't funny that was meant to make her look like a terrible person and you all just laughed thinking it was funny and so I think that's part of what, like, tainted my opinion mm-hmm. on it because it landed. It was a joke that okay. landed instead of being like, oh, man, that's a shitty character. can't believe she just said that. It was like, ha, 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 oh, my God, making fun of a deaf person the way they talk is so funny. So I would be – I'm curious to see when I rewatch it, which is going to be in, like, two days when it comes out. I can't wait. Uh, how it feels when I'm just, like – don't get that reaction from an audience it probably is going to fly past me a little bit easier but for whatever okay, that reason actually, like, like the, the audience yeah. reaction does totally color how you feel yeah it. yeah mm-hmm. like your environment of how you watch a horror film is going to a hunt like one of ryan's both of our picks a little bit later part of it is because of our theater experience right. mm-hmm. so i think that's why like in defense of happy death day which i loved again and is number two if I didn't, if I wasn't in a theater with that type of reaction on that joke, then maybe it would have stood out so much to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I do, do want to move past this because I want to talk about why Happy Death Day is great. Yes. Yes. Um, first of all, like, um, it is the Groundhog Day formula, but what I, uh, mild spoilers, I guess? No, I'm going to, mm, I'll avoid that. Um, <laughs> But the idea that she is both the final girl and the entire body count of the movie is something that I think is genius. True. And um, you talked about how it didn't provide the gore. It wasn't R-rated. And I do think that that is a problem with most slasher films. But the fact that her death was tied in with restarting her day was an actual like organic way to avoid showing the gore. And I think this is the only way that that lack of gore actually works. It actually works for the story. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. They manage to normally that's what's going to like, yes, that what's punches home a slasher for me. But they found a way to do it where you're not like, oh, God, this like sucks because it's PG-13. No, it's actually amazing. Because it's PG thirteen, it, they they found a story that worked for it. Yeah, yeah and I, I just gotta say, I hope that every one of Emma Stone's roommates in La La Land makes a horror movie. Uh, <laughs> Jessica Roth was one of them. Yeah. The lead actress of Blair Witch was also one of her roommates. So wait for the third one. Nice. Yeah, I did. When, when I saw it initially, I was like, I know I recognized her somewhere. And then once I got out of the out of the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, she's in La La Land for, like, ten minutes. She's one of the solid-colored outfit yeah. girls in the yeah. apartment. But she was uh, great. She, she was so She was good. such a good, like, oh, leading yeah. character. I, have need, uh, I hope she stays in the horror world. I hope so, too. Jessica Roth. Yeah, Jessica Roth. Yes, yeah. But look, once Blumhouse casts you, you've got a job for, like, seven years at least. Yeah, you'll be in at least, like, uh, one of the Insidious movies. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> well, and there is, like, talks of a sequel. 
Yeah? Yes, yeah. I think so. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I, I need, need that or want that, that but okay. I'm down. I don't know if I'd want it with her. Like, no, maybe, no way. yeah, like, just give me the same sort of deal with a different character. And, like, if you, if it was almost, like, a completely, like, the same plot, like, gimmick, but different character and different story arc, then I could get on board. Yeah. yeah. Um, make, make it, it R-rated this time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Please. You gotta, you gotta earn us. Um, but yeah, uh, number four. I guess. I guess it's my number four now. Yes. Um, I'm gonna go with another. My bottom two are movies that were supposed to be released like years ago. I'm gonna go with the Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, that is my number four too. It's number four. All right. Yeah, formerly titled February. Is it on your list, B at all? Uh, it's number one. What? Yeah. All right. Okay. Number one. I prefer February. 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 <laughs> or February. I think it's a better title, but that aside, yes, it's my number one. Okay, well, well I'm just going to say something, something about it real quick yes. and get to you, because obviously it meant more to you. Um, but I think this is a very uncharacteristic pick for me. I'm not usually into the more art house horror vein, but I thought the way that it built atmosphere was so, like, completely delicate and tense, and I just had a really good time watching this movie. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll I'll chip in before B goes since it's her highest. Um, Oz Perkins is definitely a voice I want to hear more from, uh, especially if it involves horror. Uh, his other movie on Netflix, I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in Your House, I thought was also a really that was a really really good slow burn ghost mm-hmm. story. Um, and this is a slow burn like possession story again. Another college campus movie, which of course I love. Um, Emma Roberts, uh, I thought was a very good choice for this pick. The sense of dread that is built, and I think unlike a lot of other um, A twenty four films, the that there's a follow through on it um, <laughs> instead of a cut to black or just like kind of like never uh, climaxing. I think we actually get a payoff. Um, I think the music, which is done by Elvis Perkins, his brother is great. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm with you. It just the, it's something that as I get older, it's a little more, like, I'd say like five, ten years ago, this movie, I probably would have been like, wow, I'm so bored. Um, this is not going to play with me at all. But as I get older and I look at film differently, I appreciate the, like, the dramatic buildup to things. And I can appreciate, um, like, a lot of different things than I used to. Uh, so that's why this beat out Happy Death Day even for me because definitely, you know, both those movies came out 10 years ago. This one probably wouldn't be on my list and Happy Death Day would be way up there because I like fast pace and I like gory. And I, I mean, that movie's not gory, but I like fast pace and slasher and, and comedy. But yeah, Black, Black Coat's Daughter um, definitely just really hit all the right buttons for me. Yeah. Well... And, and what, what buttons, buttons did it hit for you, B? Uh, yeah. A lot more, apparently. <laughs> um, I mean, no, it really just hit those same same notes for me, uh, just watching it. The the reason, specifically, I put it at number one, because it was the only film I watched this year that truly scared me. Okay, I yeah. was so insanely uncomfortable the entire film, which that's really, at this point, besides like jump scares that are going to get most people the only time a horror film is going to scare me because i mean i think we can all attest that we're so saturated in it and we watch so much of it that it is harder to scare us than an average viewer and obviously we don't get scared all the time 
because, you know, we're constantly watching it. I, the amount of dread that it builds, every single character uh, was so interesting. You didn't know what they were going to do, why they were doing things. And it did a really good job for me. I hate when a film presents you with these characters and sort of this mystery storyline like this one does where you you don't really know like why people are there who what their relationship to each other is and then you don't ever really figure it out or if you do it's like insanely complicated where you're just like oh this person's connected because of their past and here and here and here this movie connects all of the characters in a simple but extremely powerful way so that when it clicks and you're like oh, that's how these people are related, you would then get even more scared by what's going to come because of their connection. And that for me, like I couldn't, I wasn't bored. I couldn't keep my eyes off the film. It was incredibly well acted. Uh, It built a world in that sort of, I don't know if it's a college campus because the girls are pretty young. It's like a, like like a a boarding school. Yeah, it's a boarding school. It's a boarding school, but college yeah it's it's in that world but even when they're they're driving and they're away or when they're at the school like the places feel real the entire time even though it's shot in a way where it's so dark and cold and ominous you feel like that place is real and you don't want to go there like it's just you want to tell them to turn the car around Mm -hmm. and because of all those reasons like i just can't I can't, I think about it all the time. Like it stays with me. I think about scenes from that movie and I have like interest like to Ryan who like can't get on board with zombie movies. I have like possession fatigue. Like I'm so, so over it. And this brought us that storyline in such a different way and in, in a way that wasn't out there to get you with like jump scares or like scary imagery like oh this is what a like contorted face looks like like we've seen all of that so this scares you while still having this like possessed scary little girl who's doing things that you're afraid of Mm -hmm. it's just so good it reminded me a lot did you either of you see at the devil's door Yes. No. Oh, um, definitely check it out. It came out like two or three years ago, um, starring the chick from Awkward. Yeah, I think her name's Ashley Rickards. Yes. Um, she's is uh, Santana, Santana from Glee, Glee in, in it, it too? too? Yes, yes. Um, in a like role that is not anything like Santana from Glee. Um, <laughs> and it's it reminded me Night these are very era. similar movies. Yeah. Yes. Um, very similar movies. Uh, they actually make a great double bill. Yeah. Uh, because I really liked both, that film. Yeah, they're both kind of like. They build a mythology, but it's a very, like, slow burn. Like, it never, like, even the scare, like, there's no need for a jump scare. Like, the things it does in its subtlety are what creep you out. So, um, yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of this one, which was one of my favorites of the year that came out. Mm-hmm. I think it was, like, 2014. 2014, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I'll check, check that, that one out. Um, who's, who's next? I think, I think it's, it's me. Yeah. number four. four. Yes. Uh, my number four is The Babysitter. Uh, oh. I don't think that made anybody else's list. <laughs> wow, Brennan, tell us how you feel. <laughs> I that was it off after, after like, like 25 minutes. minutes. Oh. oh, that hurts my heart. I, I was know, a, I know. That was an indicative. Oh. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't get that, but, you know, to each their own. 
I just I wasn't in the mood for as much uh, like style it was trying to throw at me. I was like, it's it's very aggressive in how it's presenting its story with like actual text appearing on the screen. And usually I'm into that, but I, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. I don't know. So it's interesting before B dives into it. It's interesting how because it's not on my list either, but. Uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, that was some of the negative feedback I saw online mm -hmm. in general. I mean, all three of us are part of the Shockwaves Horror Movie Club online, which is, uh, I use it as a gauge because there's about 6,000 people in that group. And I like to use it as a gauge to kind of like, as a litmus test to see where movies are kind of falling in the general public. Because um, I think there's a good mix of like hardcore movie, horror movie fans and casual fans in there. And a lot of people brought that up too. But I thought it was weird because I think the name Mick G on it just really turned a lot of people off because he stylistically has a lot of the same quirks as like James Gunn or I saw a lot of Edgar Wright comparisons. I don't get that. Like I, I get like Scott, I mean, cause text on a screen like Scott Pilgrim, but that to me doesn't, it's, it's not an Edgar Wright thing. Um, so. No, but it's, it's like playing with like this kind of metatextual thing. Like, right. I can see the comparison. Yeah, like for me, it, it, it really read more like I saw it has kind of like that quirky pop culture like uh, world that James Gunn kind of taps into. Um, and the only thing that bothered me about the text and stuff, I hate, and this hap it, it did happen in The Babysitter, I hate when a movie starts strong with that and peters off. Um, yeah. And like doesn't I mean, I use do it as a tool throughout. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I was just saying, like, it, it annoys me when it doesn't use it as a tool throughout, but it was so slick and, like, polished, and I don't, I don't, like, I thought it was, Samara Weaving was great. She was in Mayhem this year from Jill Lynch, um, which I thought also had similar tones, um, and then seeing Satanic Panic come back is always fun, um, so I, I enjoyed the movie for sure, but I can, I can understand, like, why people didn't like it. I just... The, the text on the screen thing, I think, is, like, a weird... If you're a fan of other, like, movies like that, I always think it's weird. Um, but, like, if you just hate it in general, I get it. No, no, no. I'll just say this really quick. That is not my problem with it. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. I, I, I do like movies that do things like that, that actually play with the structures. Um, I do think uh, what you were saying, like, it, it was kind of inconsistent for me. So when it did happen, it felt out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, it was just weird. But this is not... Uh, hating on the Babysitter podcast. This is a top five podcast. I really <laughs> want to hear why B likes yes, it. Yes, why did you love it, B? Uh, so I just loved it because, well, one, I'll just say that about the text on the screen. It's a movie about a bunch of young people, and that's how they communicate. So to me, it was a fitting environment to have that device because that is how 12 to 17-year-olds mostly communicate. Uh, so that's, it didn't bug me. Stuff like that doesn't typically bug me. If it fits in the movie, then it fits in the movie. Um, it's not something I want to see in all films. I love the babysitter because all of the characters are so ridiculous and over the top and eccentric. And that's something that I particularly enjoy. Mm. I like characters that, I mean, I do enjoy characters in movies that feel like they're real and they exist but a movie like this this isn't a real life scenario the quirkier and weirder the characters are the more it works for me and the entire cast of all of like the satanic group of friends everything they said so funny to me so ridiculous and over the top and fun and then delivered 
really great, sincere moments from our main kid who's like afraid of these teenagers and running from them. And you get this great contrast of him and his adventure and sort of him dealing with the fact that he's like had a crush on his babysitter and like that he doesn't feel he's got this relationship with this other girl that ends up helping him later. And all of this stuff that happens with him feels so real and grounded. And then you've got these over the top scenarios and all these fun little gags that's happening. It was just a blast. Like I absolutely loved it. I had so much fun the entire time. I love the performances and the genuine, like the actual characters in the film. And then you, when it comes to the end, like you sympathize Mm -hmm. for everybody in it and you sympathize for your killer, essentially, like your bad guy. And anytime a horror movie does that, when it's a horror comedy, which this is, um, I think it's a success. And it's one of it makes my list because I know it's something that I'm going to return to a lot because I had so much fun with it. Yeah, if we had a top ten, it would have made it would it definitely would have cracked my top ten because um, it definitely I agree with the over the top characters and like the quirkiness which I enjoy and also I'm a gore hound. Oh yeah. So like the two knives in the brain and just like blood literally like gushing out. It's great. Um, yeah, I love it. I mean, that's part of the best part of it. Mm-hmm. And okay, on on that recommendation, I will finish watching the movie. Yay! Yes. I won't yes. promise that I like it, but I'll finish it. Yeah, yes. definitely finish it. Because um, I need to give it a shot. I think it's... I But you're... I 100% am with you. Like, if you're not in the right mood, that can ruin a movie for you. So yeah. definitely go oh, yeah. in. Yeah, definitely go in in the right... Like, I watched it... Like doors, windows open, middle yeah. of a sunny day, like it was Same. perfect. Like sort I watched of it like an October so, day. Yeah. My husband watched it with me, and at first he's like, you know, not realizing that it was like a horror comedy. At first he's like, this looks really silly. Like this, and I'm like, it's supposed to be, babe. Like it's supposed to be a little silly. And he's like, oh, okay. And then as soon as even he made that shift, he was like, oh, that was better than I thought it was going to be. Again, okay, I still, great. I still think if McGee's name wasn't on there, people would like that movie more. I really do. I truly think that. I don't that. even care. That's the people are mad because Terminator, right? Is that the their issue with him? I don't. Know. I don't. I don't know. I love Supernatural Who cares? too. Whatever. I don't Maybe know. everybody saw This Means War and we're disappointed by it. Oh, great cast. Yeah. Horrible. Oh yeah. I'll say that. That's a bad movie. Uh, well, anyway. well, that Anywho. was what your number four? Yeah. What's your four? My oh, four you was four. Black Hood Sun. Yeah, so, so we're three. on Brendan's number three. Yeah, my number three was Get Out, though. So. Oh, wow. Right. We're making our Got way it. around. Uh, so my number three is... No, it's my turn. Oh, right. It's your God. turn. You just went. Oh, shoot. I'm so sorry. No, you're right. Ryan's wrong. Yeah, my bad. I, I mixed up the order. My number three is It. Oh, okay. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Every one of your picks is met with... Okay. <laughs> well, no, no uh, I didn't know. We discussed her rankings. Well, she didn't tell me what her rankings were. That's my number one. Okay. Yes. Um, it is not on my list. Wow. Um, honestly, I don't think it's even on my top 10, <gasps> although I do think it was good. It just wasn't for me. That's, that's fine. As long as you can say it's good. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You're, he's, he's validating your opinion. Congratulations. Oh, I do that a lot. Yeah, sorry. I validate a lot of opinions. I'm like, oh, it's no, okay. No, no, no. I, I didn't think, um... It was bad. So I'm not upset by your decision. I want to hear why you liked it. Uh, so I, Brian and I saw it in theaters together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We watched it together. Um, super fun. Uh, I, As a child, the original scared me to pieces. I was a competitive swimmer and I literally, there's always 
I mean, there's drains and pools. And I would, if I was in the lane that had the drain, I swam around it or changed lanes. That's how terrified I was of a child as a child. Of oh that yeah, film. that seems crazy. Yeah, like, that's it's probably the best scene in that movie. I mean, holy smokes! And then I don't know. So having that lasting effect and watching it now as an adult's pretty rough. Yes, we've watched it. We I haven't watched the adult part of the original, the miniseries, and I don't no know because we always part. skip nope, it. No one needs that part. Yeah, it's not very. So good. we just watch the kids part. I love coming of age stories. I love when horror movies scare you and give you terrifying imagery, but then also allow you to have relief with your characters. There's a time and place for films where you just build dread the entire time and you're uncomfortable, like Black Coat's Daughter. And there's times in films like It where you're going to need a little bit of that relief. You cannot have a cast of children who are just being terrorized the entire time without a little like, okay, let's have a little comic relief. Let's have a little relaxation. Let's get to know the characters a little bit. And I think It was so successful in this version of it of creating these intense scenes with each one of the children that made sense. It's, I mean, that's what it is, is about what scares those particular kids and what's scary to the, them. What's scary to me is not the same thing that's scary to Ryan. Right. So having those scenes made them so powerful, and even though it didn't personally scare me, I understand why they scared those kids, and that's what made it so great. But then the kids themselves, and I... You know, some people said, like, oh, it's too much humor. Like, it just felt so out of place. No, no. Not at all. Like, it was just the right amount. And it it allows you, they're kids. Um, I mean, it, that's how they would act. Like, of course, they're going to be terrified, but they're not going to be like doom and gloom and depressed and sad the whole time. Like, this is a group of friends. Like, you, it felt natural. Mm -hmm. The pacing was great. I thought the Pennywise performance was excellent. Um, I have zero complaints. I haven't had that much fun watching a horror movie in the theater, like, ever, I think. It was so enjoyable. Every We went with, like, ten people, I think. We all walked out, loved it. It was great. Yeah, so it's my number one uh, because it just it checks so many boxes for me. I think more than... More than even, like, slashers. Like, slasher is definitely my favorite genre of horror, but my favorite genre of film is probably coming-of-age stories, um, and it's so hit the mark with that in, and, and like, such... In, in, in a way that... Like, I love the setting in the 80s. Like, I didn't mind from the 50s to the 80s, so, like, that's a big nostalgia box for me, obviously, too. Uh, but also, just seeing this group of friends, it felt so real and so raw and, like... Um, to go back to what B said about a lot of people complained about the humor, like my reaction was that is exactly how my friends and I talked to each other and acted with each other, even in like the most serious of situations. Like I remember being young and like, like my grand, my grandfather had passed away and immediately my friends were like, are you okay? Yes, you're okay. Now we're going to start telling jokes. And it was because that's, as kids, that's how you deal with things because you don't Yeah, really... it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, it's exactly. You don't know. You haven't experienced that trauma and like of life to figure out how to deal with that accurately or properly. So that's how you deal with things. And that's what I loved about the movie. Um, I thought Skarsgård was amazing. Uh, I, of course, I loved Tim Curry's performance in the original, but I think he carries that movie on his back. And mm-hmm. um, it's a great performance, but it's also Skarsgård... What he did was he he knew he couldn't be Tim Curry, so he wasn't. He was 
he was subdued. He was malicious. He was, um, he was still like just, just welcoming enough to make you think like maybe a kid would be like interested in like going with this clown. But like, there's those you can tell like he has little twitches and nerves that make it so it's going against his nature even to try to trick these kids to go with him, like because of his obvious ulterior motives to basically just eat them. Um, all of the kids were wonderful. I thought Finn Wolfhard was great. Um, he's like, if Stranger Things wasn't indicative enough of it, like he has proven himself as a child actor and I think he'll go on to have a very steady career. But I thought every child mm-hmm. in that movie was fantastic. Um, I thought uh, I wasn't a big fan of Mama, so I was very concerned with this movie when they announced uh, Andy Muschietti as the director. Um, and there were still like influences from Mama that I could see in it. You particularly, liked Mama. Uh, it was okay. Uh, I hate the ending of that movie. And like the but, short film's great though. That's really scary. Yes, the short film is really good, and that's that's another one of those things that I think I think suffered from trying to like make it into a ninety minute movie. Um, like, and there were things that I saw from Mama in this, like, particularly that painting of the, like, Twisted Woman that did not work for me. Like, they just didn't land. Um, but so many other things did. And uh, I still saw, I know Doberman wrote it, but, like, Carrie Fukunawa, um, who was supposed to do the script, who did True Detective, I still saw traces of True Detective, which I absolutely adore. Um, particularly the scene where Eddie is in the back of the house and, like, um, it was in all the trailers where Pennywise has the upside down pyramid of, of balloons, um, and like that whole setting for me, but what made it my number one is like B said, um, I haven't had that kind of theater experience probably since the ring, um, was seeing a horror movie and the ring is in my top five horror movies of all time. And it's because, I mean, we were in a theater with a bunch of 13 year olds, um, who's, you know, or like, I guess, 17 year olds that movie was rated r they got it was 13 year olds they got in that movie somehow and they were like talking on their phone blah 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 everything before the movie well into the trailers i'm like god i don't know this is why i don't go to movies on opening day i don't know if i'm gonna enjoy it everyone was quiet everyone was laughing everyone was like just so captivated and along for the ride and i love like b said too the pacing of it like it is this movie, it, like de- especially if you read the novel, like deep down, that is it's a dark book. You're talking about child murder, and so and other very dark subject matter. Exactly, like, like there's molestation. Yeah, and... exactly. There's <sighs> so much like heavy, heavy stuff in that movie, and I think it needs that levity. And that's even calling back to like Get Out. That's why I think the like a lot of people complained about the comedy and get out and i'm like no 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 like you need that levity because you can't just be bashed in the face with this like amount of very serious like um like social commentary and also just like a look at, at like these very serious things so that's that's for me why it was my number one like i want to i want to buy it i want to watch it again like i want to mm-hmm. watch it every year i'm excited for part 2 like they've proven to me that they they understand how to handle this story um so yeah that's why it was my number one Okay, and that that audience experience is really important. Like, for me, Happy Death Day was my number one, and I saw that with my 13-year-old cousin, and it blew his mind. Yeah. Right, yeah. And, like, that's always... I think that's always interesting, too, because I... um, That's... I I think it's a fun perspective to keep calling back, obviously, their big inspiration. So, so the Shockwaves podcast, like, I love when Ryan talks about taking his stepdaughter to things and her reaction to things. Because, like, seeing other people's reaction to things, and that's when we saw it, there were 10 of us. And, mm-hmm. like, literally looking down the aisle, all of us were, like, just so captivated by the movie. And it was just such a cool experience to have. Yeah. Um, and I think, 
I think that's why it's really important to see when you can a movie in a theater because it's a very, very different experience than When it's an experience like one of these films. Yes. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's why it's my number one. Okay. Yeah, I, I will say on, on the comedy bent, I I like it more as a comedy than a horror film. Like, I thought the comedy was pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, I did enjoy it. It just didn't make my list. Um, Ryan, what's your number three? Uh, yes, my number three. And real quick before we move off it, I, I want to say, okay. too, like, I agree with you that the comedy was more prevalent than the horror, but for me personally, like, I mean, again... Scream is my favorite horror movie ever. I don't well. think Scream is a scary movie Same. per se. I disagree with that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think also like um, a big part of it. I saw Scream when I was like sixteen, so Damn. it definitely did not have the same impact as like the the people who saw it when it came out in theaters who were younger. Um, and it still plays very well to me. But but like that horror comedy balance has never been a problem I have to enjoy a horror movie. Um, my number three, though, moving on to number three, is uh, Super Dark Times. Um, oh, I've we Shockwave, Shockwave talked, talked about this. this. Yes. I've never seen it, though. Oh, it's super good. I, I, um, I was fortunate enough to get, I think it's out on VOD now, but I was fortunate enough to get a screener. Um, oh, fancy. Yes. When I was, <laughs> uh, I was doing some writing for Diabolique, and I got a screener, and um, directed by Kevin Phillips and written by Ben Collins and Luke Petrasky, who I've become uh, friends with over Twitter, and they're awesome guys. Uh, it is the, in a year that is full of coming of age stories, which is obviously like a big deal to me. And we've had these movies like it that do it very well, but also movies like raw, um, and movies like lady bird or call me by your name, which are all coming of age stories that are very, very good and very, very different. Um, this one to me was the realest and it's probably because it resonates. It takes place in the nineties, you know, 1990, whatever, and they ne- they're not shoving it in your face. They're not like, um, you know, it's not like they're making sure you understand it's the 90s. You know, TRL's not playing on the TV, like, blah, blah, blah. It's just little subdued things that let you pick up on the fact that, like, this took place pre-high-speed internet. And, and, like, this little town, which, again, resonates to me. B and I both grew up in a very small town. Mm-hmm. And it's about these children who are just kids. They're teenagers. And they're figuring out what you know what love is and they're figuring out what you know like the idea of possibly having to do something after high school and then in the midst of all this a dark twisted turn happens and flips their world on its head and it's it's the realest most raw and um believable dialogue i think i've ever seen in like a teenage coming of age story uh, and the the acting is fantastic. The direction is wonderful. Um, I just it it was so minimal, but exactly what it wanted to be. And I think I think it's a movie that's going to pick up steam as it continues. Um, but it definitely needs to be recognized because it's very different, and but it's very real. And that's what I loved about it. That, that sounds great. I'm. Excited, excited to check, check it out. out yeah no definitely check it out it's it's just the performances like i think more than anything this year in particular we've seen just how great kids are at acting when they're utilized by like the proper director, director yeah. yeah and i think that's a hard thing to find sometimes but there's and... been a lot of 
just wonderful performances this year. And having kids that are believably their age, yeah, I think helps a lot. As much as I'm, we've a been fan commenting of, on that a lot. It's like casting kids who are their age that they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Being directed by a director who understands them and understands how kids will work and how kid actors need different guidance. And then I think a third thing, too, that I've been seeing a better trend in is that kids are actually talking the way kids talk. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there's yeah. so many movies that you watch and it's like, kids don't say that. They don't, they don't make comments like that. That is not a normal conversation between two 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And I think especially like in It and, you know, other movies that we've been watching, we're like, Oh, yeah, like that's what you would say. Just stupid fart joke that like everybody laughs at or some comment about, you know, just saying stupid things that most adults aren't going to say. But that's how kids talk. So it makes sense. It's believable coming from them. And it seems more genuine because you're not listening to two 12-year-olds go, well, actually – Perhaps the reason why you're behaving this way <laughs> no, is, no you know? Yeah. yeah, no, uh, yeah, we don't have Sheldon from Big Bang Theory yeah. as a character. So, <laughs> well, we do. There's this show of young Sheldon. Yeah. yeah. But that's, that's not, not on my, my list. list. Yeah. <laughs> but we are not <laughs> talking about that. Um, yeah, so that's my number three. And then, I mean, my two and one have already been covered. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done too. Oh, I, I just have one more. My yes. two hasn't been covered. All right. Are you ready for this? I'm I'm re- I'm uh, really curious yeah. as to what it could be because we've talked okay. about a lot of movies. It is Cult of Chucky. Oh wow! Right. Okay, did That's you? High. I assume you guys saw this and are underwhelmed. Oh no uh, no no no! Uh, definitely saw it. Not underwhelmed. I was just talking to again before we started recording. I was talking to B and like it was really really hard for me to narrow down to a top five because I thought it was a great year for horror. Like as far as just stuff I really enjoyed, like. I think Get Out was the one movie to me that, like, blew me away, and then it uh-huh. was, like, the cultural phenomenon, um, but there was just so much I enjoyed, and Cold of Chucky was, like, I thought it was super enjoyable. I, I, I mean, especially after, I think, having the backstory on it um, and listening to, um, why am I blank, blanking on his name? Don Mancini? Yes, Don Mancini. Like, listening to his whole backstory on it and everything made me enjoy it even more, and I thought... Um, the oh, I feel uh, the one right before it. What was the one before it? Curse of Chucky. I thought Curse of Chucky was great and like a great return to form for the series. So to see that continued and Fiona Doris role, like I, I, there were a couple things in the movie that I was like, uh, that's not wonderful. But overall, I thought it was a blast. Oh yeah, like there, um, there are definitely some things in the movie like uh, a certain returning actor's performance. Um, or, um, let's say, oh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, I think the, the potential sequel that it sets up is something that I don't want to see. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't seem interesting to me. I like, agree. The, the way that it ended and is, like, implying it's going to go. Right. Um, but I thought this movie was really well directed, like, gloriously designed sets of that are just, like, pure, startling white and... I don't know, like, I thought stylistically it's a real exercise and a real triumph in just creating something really strange on a really low budget and incredibly gory. Like, the kills are so cool and fun in this movie. Yeah, Chucky for me has always been um, kind of, like, this weird, like, anomaly because 
there's a lot of horror movies obviously that become franchises and like there are movies like hellraiser that you see that the more they like the farther they go the more low budget they get and it affects the quality of the movie or you see there are movies like uh friday the 13th and and halloween that have never had that like they've never had to suffer from taking a blow to their budget because they always get the big um studio backing um so it, it is like really interesting to me to see how mancini has managed to stay true to his franchise more than anyone while still having to realize like these are not going to get theatrical releases i do not have the big studio budget that i once had uh-huh. um, and he still delivers on his movie and i think a lot of that has to do like honestly with brad dorif's performance as just a voice um which is insane to think that like a voice is going to make a movie so iconic and do so well but it does and then i think introducing fiona dorif was a really powerful move i i'm gonna take a stab and say that the returning actor is the one from the original movie yes (laughs) uh eddie barkley yes a little wooden (laughs) um but Look, he was a child actor, and then he wasn't an actor, and now he's back, and he's still not an actor. Right. <laughs> and I, but I think it's fun that Mancini does that, and he's – like that more than anything is recognizing that your audience – like you're not – you're probably not drawing in a ton of new fans with Cult of Chucky. You're playing to your – you're carter, uh, catering to the mm-hmm. your already existing fans, mm-hmm. and so when you have that returning character, it's like, whoa, that's cool. Like, he's not a great actor, but that's really cool that he's yeah. in this movie. That gets yeah. you going. That gets you um, excited. The one – like, there was one really weird stylistic choice. The scene where she's watching the whole burying Chucky, and, like, it started cutting, like, comic book um, panels. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really weird. But I still applaud Mancini for trying something different. Um, And I think that is something he should always be applauded for because he's always... I think that's the one thing he's always done is um, push in different directions than you're expecting. I know you're a fan of Seed of Chucky, right? I actually am, Yes, you're like one of the two. (laughs) It's like you and Mancini. so like but i think even that movie needs to be celebrated because he took it in a different direction and like he tried something new and like it didn't exactly work out i don't think it panned out as like he was expecting or hoping but like that's even why i truly despise the movie mother but i still applaud aronofsky for being so bold in 2017 to make a movie like that so yeah i think that's it's weird to compare mother and the cult of chucky but Yes, I, I can see why it would make your top five. I your appreciate top 10, that. Martin? It would be my top ten, yeah. yeah. It would definitely be in my top ten. It would probably be number ten. Have you seen it, B? I have not, so I'm, like, new to the Chucky franchise. Really? Yeah. So I've okay. seen one and two. I saw, like, I've seen them, like, on TV and stuff, like, when I was younger, and it just didn't ever connect with me it was just never uh-huh. something i was just like yeah i want to watch these movies i was like mm, yeah not not really for me uh but then i was like no i need to give it a chance and so i recently watched one and two which i did enjoy um so i plan that's going to, shortly soon I'll, I'll i'll watch through and watch the rest of them i think elric the shockwaves podcast has been doing that recently mm-hmm. yeah talking about them and uh it's kind of inspired me like well okay i should do it my husband's like a big fan of them and I think I saw I saw one of the later ones like on Netflix or something like a few like four or five years ago and I was like wow this is not 
for me, and I think maybe that's what okay. turned me off to the to the early ones. But I don't know when did um, Child's Play come out? Like eighty nine? Yeah, right. Something around. like yeah, that. So 88, 89, yeah, right it's just one of those ones that just like I was just so young, like it just it missed me. I'd have to have watched it later. I feel. Yeah, well, sorry, you too. Oh, I was just gonna say I have to love. I have to say I I love Bride of Chucky. I think that movie is brilliant. That movie's a masterpiece. Yes, I think it like I think it is vastly overlooked. Um, it's one of the best sequels to a horror movie, and I I think it's I think when it came out, especially it was like really frowned upon. But it's one of those movies that like has aged a lot better with time, um, and that, I I really like that movie. No, you if if it be if you only see one other Chucky, it has to be Bride of Chucky. Mm-hmm. Because it's a gothic romance mixed with a post-scream, like a referential slasher mixed with a road trip movie. It is everything and it is beautiful. It is so like the epitome of that post-scream 2000s horror movie. Which is like, hits every button for me. So and I'm sure uh, Josh Ritter's in it. So Oh, well, okay. Literally yeah. all the buttons checked. Yeah. Is that the next one? Is that three? It's is four. The third one? It's oh, the fourth. What's the third one? Three. Uh, oh, just yeah, Child's Play 3. That one, I think, is the weakest of them all for me, but I still enjoyed it. Um, can I, is Seed about a child? Like, does Chucky have a kid? Is that why it's called Seed of Chucky? Can I just ask that? Yeah? yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lame. And supposedly, the new Chucky is going to bring him, Glenn, back. Oh. Glenn? Is that we'll the see. Yeah. yeah, Glenn or Glenda. I just yeah, really did. I'm just gonna put out there. I like really hate that title. It like makes me feel gross. Yeah, it's it it, it is. I believe a reference to older horror tropes from like the Frankenstein era. Yeah. Yes. Um. But yeah, no, I agree. And the idea of him having a kid is weird. But I think the way that they play out is very <laughs> queer and awesome. And I wrote an article about it. Yes. Yeah. It's a great article. Um. Did you have any, like, I was thinking, I had some did, do you have, like, honorable mentions? Yeah, let, let's go through those uh, pretty quickly because my computer's running out of battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just I'll just kick it off. Uh, Raw almost made my list. Another great coming-of-age story that, like, was a real twist on, like, the kind of, um, it's it was like a cannibal genre, I guess, but not really. Um, but I thought it was great. Uh, that one's all in French, people, so get, get ready for subtitles. Um, so yeah, Raw definitely almost made my list. Uh, Gerald's game was really, really close because I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I think that Flanagan is just like firing on all cylinders right now. That movie was deemed unfilmable and I thought he did a fantastic job and it was super creepy, um, and well done. Animal Creation also almost made my list because I thought it was, uh, just like a complete 180 from the original and I'm a sucker for a good jump scare and I think that movie was full of them. Mm -hmm. Um... Any other? I'd say those are like my big ones from the year. And then the I uh, oh, say, uh, killing of a sacred deer almost made my list too. Um, I don't know if I can like how to classify that movie exactly, but it's really r- insanely good um, and like well acted, um, beautifully filmed. And then uh, the one that I wanted to see and didn't get to was Tragedy Girls because I really feel like that would have made my list. I feel, I feel like, like that, that too. I never said same. That. Like yeah. I feel like if. Two films that I didn't see, but I feel like if I did from everything I've heard about it would have cracked my top five, would be for sure Tragedy Girls. It just seems like that movie was made for my taste specifically. And Super Dark Times, again, sounds like one. Everything everybody said, I'm like, that sounds like a movie I'm gonna love. Can't wait to watch it. Uh, Better Watch Out almost made my list. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that one was fun. I loved it. Not 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 a a genre genre I love, but it was good. good. Yes. Yeah. It's a genre I love. 
Christmas Horror? When done right, yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh no. no, I, no well, I love and Christmas Horror. horror. I'm, I'm talking about like, like a, oh, a Home sub, Invasion sub genre. I'm sorry. Home Invasion. Um, I. I don't really want to spoil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. Yes, yes, yes. We'll just say, but like the yeah, the second and third act. Gotcha. Not not my favorite type of. Gotcha. Understandable. Yeah, I loved it. Um, on a different day, it would have swapped out with Babysitter, probably. Um, I mean, they're very similar. Yes. Yeah, I loved them both really, but again, sort of a very specific market, like taste-wise, and it's mine perfectly. Like I love those films. Those were great. I liked Annabelle Creation. I watched. Um, it comes out night. It comes at night last night, and okay. I really enjoyed it. Um, we'll see how I feel the farther I get away with from it. I did just watch it last night, but super bleak, but beautiful and um, creepy and full of dread. And I think that's it for me, as in close. Okay. And honorable mentions for me, honestly, I wasn't super, like, compelled by a lot of horror this year. Um, maybe I just didn't see the right ones. I feel like I saw a lot. I mean, like, look, the Bye Bye Man's not going to go on my list. <laughs> but, um, Poor Doug Jones. I mean, look, he got nominated to the Alabama Senate. He's doing fine. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Seems like an but... easy thing to get in. Um, but i do want to give a shout out to ingrid goes west which is an indie comedy with aubrey plaza about her basically being a social media stalker yes and that's the best that's the best psychological thriller of the year uh yeah man that movie's weird uh it's like the darkest of dark comedies oh yeah because it's it it's hard to watch at points because her character is so like just not like you not aware of her situation her surroundings it's it was good though i agree that was a great movie and I, i'm a sucker for elizabeth olsen so okay yeah no she's great mm-hmm. oh wait, uh one more thing do any of y'all watch crazy ex-girlfriend no i, I tried not. i tried uh, <laughs> i i will at some point a wacky musical comedy is really not necessarily part of the like horror scene and i get that um, oh, we love but... musicals. Oh, yeah, me too, man. Okay, I mean, La La Land good. was my jam. I love. I even loved um, Stage Fright from a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, I loved that. Loaf. Yeah, that, that was, was a great movie. That was hella good. Yeah, I, I love musicals and horror musicals and all that. And Crazy Ass Girlfriend, I really, really love. And this new season has been getting very dark. <laughs> and she has kind of uh, vowed revenge on the guy that wow. is her ex. And there is a whole episode that's basically a riff on Swim Fan, and it kind of shows, like, <laughs> oh, uh, man. Oh, the, Swim Fan. Wow. The perspective of the, like, revenging girl and what she has to do to accomplish her, like, the horror tropes, and it's really good and really I funny. I should just watch that episode. Yeah, I'll probably just watch that episode, because that sounds good. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I really want to see the mermaid musical lore. Oh, the, or, oh yeah, me lore. too. I think that would probably, based again on what people are saying, seems like it's my jam. Singing 100%. mermaids, all for it. Okay, I think that about wraps it up. Everybody go watch the lure. We'll report yeah. back. Yes. Um, um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, check out Scream 101. Check out Keep Screaming. And I'm so happy you guys could join me. Ryan, have have a good time at work. Yeah, thank you for having us. It no, was really awesome. awesome. I want to – that's my one of my goals this year is to guest on more podcasts. And 
I mean, oh yeah, you 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 asked me. I didn't even have to ask you. I was, I felt so honored. So yeah, thank you. And um, it was a lot of fun. And we hope we can do this again for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Every year, new yes. tradition. Yes, I'm down. Okay. Wow, he just got really loud. I get excited. Take it, take it down a notch. Okay. Okay. Where where can everybody find you guys on social media? Uh, I'll take this. Uh, you can find us <laughs> online at keepscreaming.com. Um, it's our website. All the podcasts are on there. I design posters for the episodes that we um, – the movies we dissect, those are also on there. You can find us on Twitter at ScreamingCast. Um, my personal Twitter is at B, not B. That's B E. E not B E A and Ryan's at Ryan Larson on Twitter. Yes, I always forget mine. Um, I am at Ryan Larson on Twitter. You can also find me at Keep Screaming, like B said, and I'm also That's the uh, founder and editor of GhastlyGrinning.com, um, which is a horror media hub online that is focused on uh, positive and academic looks at horror. Uh, we will have our uh, best of list up soon by the end of the year. We do no worst of list. We are against. Um, reductiveness and negativity um we like viewing things from a more positive aspect so that's our whole goal while also pushing for more representation in horror so um we also like focus on things like minority representation lbgtq uh female leads female direction things like that so check us out at gaslygrinning.com yeah, and uh, both B, you write you write for them as well, right, B? Correct, yes. yes. And so do I. Yeah, Brennan has a weekly uh, column, uh, which is actually one of our best-received pieces. We absolutely loved oh. it. Um, yeah, oh, always. Uh, the Horror som- Sommelier? Sommelier. <laughs> yeah, um, it's great. So definitely check that out. Okay, and you can check out my worst of list. I mean, no, I mean, I do <laughs> have... Um, at the end of the year on my blog called Popcorn Culture, I post about it on my Twitter all the time. Um, I post my like top 10 best and top five worst in like movies, TV and music and a bunch of other subcategories, mostly best. I am focusing on being more positive, but I do like worst of lists. I'm just trying not to be mean to any particular person just saying like, oh, wasn't a fan of this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but also it's huge and I work on it like I start in like October. I put a lot of work into it. Check that out. Wow. Yeah. That's going to be out the same time as this podcast. Uh, you can find all that on my Twitter at it's raining Brins, but also <laughs> scream 101 pod and check out other shows on the network that we're both on at podpeople.me. And that's everything, I think. That's cool. all of our crap. Cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we'll be back with Brennan in a year. So see you then. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. I hope I hope we get to talk to each other before then. But uh, 365 days isn't too long to wait. <laughs> yeah. All right. Bye. Anyway. Yeah. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart.